Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the 60 Minute Meal podcast. And I am your moderator, just a guy from 215, with my team of co hosts, Nandy B, Sammy Sam from Trinbago, and Mikey D out there on the West Coast. But I'm also privileged to have my fluid panel of intellectuals. I see you. Go ahead and get situated. Quit looking at me. I hear you. I hear you. Let's get ready to make a feast of this. All our listeners, let's go. Have a seat. Get situated. Let's nibble on this. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay, 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 okay. Welcome back to the kitchen of the 60 Minute Meal podcast. And before we get started with our roll call and what have you, we have to give a shout out to the listeners because the listeners are the real MVPs. I'm gonna give a shout out to the listeners abroad first because I'd be remiss without giving them a true shout out for being MVPs in their own regard. We're thankful for Australia, Canada, Ireland, India, Philippines, Mexico, United Kingdom, Germany, Netherlands, Sweden, Romania, Morocco, Costa Rica, Cyprus, Maldives, New Zealand, Colombia, and Nova Scotia. We thank you so much for listening and following us. All I can tell you is tell your dentist, they'll tell your tea, tell your dentist, tell your teachers, tell your family, pass it on because I see you. I see you. Now, domestically, the MVPs domestically, I need to give those states a true shout out because without you all, we would not be in front of you right now. Starting with Maryland, Texas, California, Virginia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Michigan, Florida, New York, Washington State, Missouri, Washington, D.C., New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Colorado, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Illinois, Arizona, West Virginia, Minnesota, Ohio, Utah, South Dakota, Georgia, Louisiana, and the great state of Alabama. My man, Big Suge, I know that's you out there. I know that's you that's following this, man. Thank you all so very much for being the MVPs of this platform and podcast. We say thank you. Now let's get to my people who are at the who are in the kitchen with me. We got Nandy B, we got Sugar Ray, we got Patricia, we got Sammy Sam from Trinbago, and we have Stephanie. How y'all doing out there? Great. Amazing. Thank you for having us. Okay. Great. Thank you. We're gonna do our normal gratitude attitude. Mikey D says hello also. Mikey D, yes. Yes. We can't forget you, fella. We can't forget you. We're going to do our gratitude attitude check. I'm coming to you, Stephanie, since we haven't seen you in a while. Gratitude, attitude, what are you grateful for on today? Grateful for being back on here with you, you all. got to speak up. Speak up, baby. Oh, let me turn it up a little bit. How about now? Yes, yeah. yes. I'm grateful for being back on with you all. And I'm grateful I'm doing well in school. I'm having I have all A's so far. 
always praises. I'm grateful. God bless. Okay, mm -hmm. right on. Hey, school is good. It's good. It's good to have you back. Okay, Sammy Sam, what say you? Hey, we are grateful. We are alive. You know, we we chugging along. We chugging along. And sometimes that's all you can do. But you alive. That's right. Right about oh, that. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. now, right now. Patricia. I'm grateful for community. Excuse me. <clears throat> and I'm grateful for mental clarity. I'm glad to be here with you guys, and I'm grateful, you know, for the followers that, you know, you went down the list. So I'm thankful that you're sharing with us, everybody that is in tune. Yes, definitely, definitely. Sugar Ray, get in there. Oh, I'm grateful because I can cook. And I, <laughs> you know, I can handle everything like I'm supposed to and then some. So I'm grateful the way I was raised and brought up in this world. Okay. That sounds like a man making a meal right now. But okay, right on, right on, right on. Hey, do your thing, do your thing. Nandy B, gratefulness, thankfulness, where you at? I am grateful for being and having the life that I have. And I'm grateful that December, I mean, November, is the last today tonight is the last time for November, and thank God I got through November. Hopefully to get through December. That's good. Okay, right on, right on, Mikey D. What say you? I'm thankful for breath in my body and peace in my heart. Okay, grateful. That's good. That's good. I'm gonna lean in. I am grateful for all of you. I truly am. But I'm also grateful for wisdom because a couple uh, weeks ago, my brother and I got into it about a conversation that he and I were very, very strongly feeling our own feelings about a topic. And the topic got heavy and crazy. And we almost lost our relationship with each other. And then I heard um, Ocho say something on social media that said, don't be so right in an argument that you lose a relationship. So I'm glad that he and I were able to circle back and dust it off and keep it moving and realize that our relationship is more important than being right or wrong about a topic. So I'm grateful for him, I'm grateful for this day, and I'm grateful to be able to look back on it and look at the growth and the improvement of he and I on this day. So I'm grateful. I should. Yes, right on, right on. Okay, let's get right to it, because we are not going to beat around the bush and look at the menu and what have you. We're going right to small talk and then right to the conversation of the day. I'm going to start with you, Nandy B., but this is for everybody to chime in. You got to pick one. You can't have both. Short-term love or long-term lust and why? Short-term love or long, or, or long-term lust. Which one? You can't have both. Uh, I think lust is a part of love. Okay. I think I would have, I would 
Oh, wow. That's kind of, mm, that's not a black and white. That's not a yes or no question. I mean, okay. you know what I mean? Right. But, but guess I what? will say this. I think I would have the luck because in everything, there's two polarities. You have a good and a bad. And if you are lust, if you have lust, that can take you in a very positive way, not just uh, in a negative way. Okay. You understand? I don't mm -hmm. want no short term anything. Okay. Because lust is a part of the human uh, nature. Okay. It's how you apply it. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Mikey D, I'm coming to you. Short term love or long term lust? Choose one. Choose wisely. I will take the short term love because I can stress that love out if, if the if the love becomes strong enough. It doesn't have to stay short term because short term could be one week or 20 years, depending on how you want to look at it. So I'll take the short term love from the Solid. get go. Solid. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Sammy Sam, what say you? You out there, Sammy Sam? I am here. I apologize. I would take short-term love because until I was actually in love, I understood what it was to be loved. And I think so it teaches you if you're in if you've had that love, you'll know if it's love or lust. So I'll take the short-term love. Okay, I like that. I like that. Okay, I appreciate that. I'm coming to you, Sugar Ray. Ooh, you already know my answer to that. Give me the long-term lust. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Because that okay. lust can turn to love and eventually. Hello. Oh, oh okay. 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 All righty. I, uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But to this shot, what say you? Ah. <sighs> Again, this is uh, we can't have one without the other, right? But um, hello. Sure, you can. Sure, yeah. you can. <laughs> no, I don't want one without the other. I think they go hand in hand, like oh, Nancy yes. B said. I mean, it's it's an interesting question to say the least. But I do want it to be profound, and um, you know, lust could just be stated by a physical attribute. So I'll take the short term love. Right on. Right on. Stephanie. I'll take the short-term love because I love love and love is just beautiful. beautiful. Okay, love is just beautiful. Okay, I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you, thank you. Okay, <laughs> I myself, I will take the short-term love because we, we search the earth. We lift up underneath pillowcases and we lift up underneath rocks for love, just to feel it, just to experience it. And even if it's for just a month, two months, a week and a half, that is something that I can't compare it to anything. So therefore, I feel like that short-term love over long-term lust any day because love is what I'm about. So, but thank you all for joining my conversation on that. Let's pivot. Let's pivot to this. Whew. The colorful thing about this platform 
is being able to take the gloves off and just talk about topics. That's the colorful thing about it. But the colorless part of this space is to have these discussions about topics that leave an emotional stench behind it, such as childhood trauma. Childhood trauma, we know it exists. We know others have to face it. We, we just don't think we have to face it. We just don't think we deal with it because we feel like I'm okay. I'm good. I got my life figured out. I'm, I'm getting counseling or I don't need counseling anymore. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty straight. I'm pretty good on most days. But my question to the panel here in the kitchen is childhood trauma. How do I know if I have it? Nandy B. I think we all have had some form of childhood trauma, some long-term, some short-term, and some that haven't even identified that they have trauma, okay, childhood trauma. Um, it's the ongoing, uh, it's the ongoing process because even when you're working on yourself, because uh, the inner work that you have to do to get through your trauma is an ongoing daily experience that you have to, you did it yesterday, you got to wake up and do it all over again tomorrow. Because certain things that have triggers that'll make you think about your traumas. And then you can have people in your life that are that's an extension of your traumas, right. of your childhood traumas, okay? But um, it is something that even if you get over your childhood traumas, you got family that it hasn't gotten over theirs. And with the way the world is today, there's so many other traumas going on that take you back to your own initial traumas. Right, triggers people, you. Yes, because people are suffering. So much abuse is going on. There's the, the whole situation of life has changed where it's it's a big trauma. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And you just have to find a way to navigate and try not to allow it to stop you, but stay grounded and move forward. Got you. Mikey D, childhood trauma through your lens. How do how do I know I have it? How do we know we have it through your lens? Not to be funny, but define what trauma is. Anything that is traumatic, anything that's life or death, anything that's threatening, anything that is adverse that happens to you in your childhood an event that continues to plague you in your adulthood. Okay. So what's the question then? How so do you how, get how, how how do you know if you have it? And what do we do? What do we do with it? Do we through your lens? Hmm. I think you know if you have it, if there is something that is recurring that, for example, let's say that a person only had problems when they drank, but they keep drinking. So 
is it the drinking that causes the problem or is it the problem that causes the drinking? Mm, mm. So that's why I think, yes. I think, huh? I say yes, you're right. So I think it, it, I think it, I think the trauma exists when there is a repetitive event that takes place that you know the likelihood is that it's going to result in negative consequences, yet you keep repeating it. I think that's when there's a trauma because it's something you can't help but do, even though you know it's going to be, it's going to have negative consequences for you. Right. Okay. 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 Sugar Ray, what say you? Well, when it comes to trauma, you take it and learn from it. You know, deal with it the best way that you can because it, it'll hold you back if you allow it to. You know, because I, I, you know, you know my backstory. Yeah, I know, brother. I know. You know, it, it's it, it's it's part of life. You know. Like some people deal with it better than others. Some people can't deal with it. Some people, mm -hmm. some people it makes them stronger. It's all in how you take it and you deal with it with yourself first and foremost. Because mm -hmm. okay. a lot of lost without, and then a lot of people are walking around with trauma and refuse, refuse to get help. You know, and. It's it's cool if you want to try to take it on by yourself, but sometimes you need a little helping hand to get you through that. Yeah. So let me ask but, you this: How do you know you have it? I'm just, asking, I'm just asking you as an individual. Well, you get you 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 see you you'll see things flashback or like replay in your mind almost. Right. A, a certain situation will come up and it'll take you back. To like something that happened when you was a kid, you're like, well, wait, 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 I can't deal with it like that. You know, yeah, it's I, like I trigger. something triggers you. Yeah, it triggers you back to if I do this, if I would have did this when I like you hear a lot of people say that if I'd have did this when I was a kid, I'd have got smacked out. Right. Or I'd have got my behind with if I'd have did that as a kid. Right. Now that triggers that thought in your head, like. Damn, do I do it like that or do I go another way about it? Because I know what it did to me. Right. But so what's I'm, the definition of insanity? Keep doing the same thing over and over again. And expecting a different result. Exactly. That's why I brought up the thing about the which one is it? Is it the is it the drinking that causes the trauma or the trauma that causes the drinking? Because to keep doing the same thing and expecting. For a different outcome, that's when you are traumatized because you you no longer have control over the situation. Because if you did, you wouldn't keep doing it, it knowing that the outcome is going to be negative. Okay, okay, right about that's that. fair. That's fair. I'm coming to you, Sammy Sam. Childhood trauma. How do you know you have it? And what do you do with it through your I lens? Think, I think, as most people were saying. You know, if, if you know you have it, if something triggers it, right? You know, if something in your life happens and it takes you back there, you know, and th that that's just a trauma in general. You know, I can honestly say there wasn't anything really in my childhood that was 
that bad where it brings up anything. But I had a situation as an adult uh, of having a workplace bully. And when I went, I was in my, in, in, uh, in my master's class from my, doing my capstone course, which right. is your last course. Mm-hmm. And the, the teacher brought up different topics we can use, you know, to write our big 25 page paper, you know, and he started talking about something called a workplace bully. And I had never heard the, that, that word before. Right. And he started explaining what it was. And he finished explaining. And then after he started talking to us and I asked him and I started talking about an experience that I had. And I, and I'm like, is this an example of that? And he's like, yes. And you see how you're reacting right now? Basically I had tears in my eyes. Just thinking of that thought brought that back on, brought that feeling of how that whole situation back. And that's Mm -hmm. a trauma. Right. You know, so if imagine it, it's worse as I, that happened to me as an adult, you right. know, so what does it say for you having these things as a child? Right. You know, the only thing that can help you through this is if you have friends, family or a therapist. Right. OK, appreciate that. That would be my question. How do you get beyond the trauma thing? Right. We're, we're going to get into that in a minute. We'll get into that in a minute. I must go around the kitchen here. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna weigh in, and then I'm gonna um lean to Patricia. Um, childhood trauma. How do I know if I have it? Um, if I have difficulties trusting people, if I have a low self esteem, if I'm constantly making attempts to please others, and if I'm dealing with heavy social anxiety that won't let up, then I'm definitely. Yeah, then I'm definitely dealing with some things on that level with um with childhood trauma. I am. But I'm gonna go to Patricia so you can weigh in on childhood trauma. Um I think this is uh a touchy subject for me. And for the world, like Mandy B said, yes. we all have some type of generational trauma within us. It's embedded in us because we come from people that were also trying to survive while they were raising children. We don't come from a level-headed path. We come from having to be um, resilient. We've had to learn to adapt, to survive. And maybe not everyone, but even in the posh lifestyle, there's deficiencies that cause the child to have, you know, uh, long-term damage. You know, we also come from a culture that is like, do as you're told, you know, not as as you see. So we've had to follow rules while we see the people giving us the rules, breaking all of them. I mean, for me, (laughs) I come from, you know, seeing my family playing dominoes, cards, you know what I mean? Like doing the most. And and that's not, you know, to break them down because that's what they grew up into. That was what was labeled adulthood in some ways. And they didn't grow up in, in a home that was teaching them how to be men and women. They were growing up in a place where, you know, you were verbally abused, physically abused. You know, I come from 
having to survive, you know, the abuse in the name of love. Because, oh, I do that because I love you. And and so you <laughs> mentally messing me up. That's why, you know, even when you guys go to war and you sign up, you know, to partake in the military, you come home with PTSD. Right. And imagine having to survive the people that brought you into this world. You didn't have to be born, but neither did they. So the sacrifice that they do, you know, it, it's it's costly, especially when they're not level-headed when they're not looking to break their generational patterns and, you know, they're coming home from work and you in the way you hungry, you don't, you're, you're a child. You still right. have to learn how to fend for yourself. You have to be invisible. And when there's too much going on, so to navigate through that and become an adult, you have to identify within yourself so you could break these patterns in your own parenting. I had to learn that myself, you know, because I do come from uh, drug abuse. I come from, really um uneducated culture you know i'll beat your ass oh sorry i'll beat you and i'll lock you here and i'll kneel you and it's you know a suffrage a a rite of passage if you survive that right right and we grow up with cousins that we also see that they're going through it and we're allies of one another because that's all we have but then we grow up into this world and we do it to our kids too because we turned out all right but did we though Ah, we are definitely right. masking we're definitely having to make do and we also learn what not to do so that oh but i'm better than my mom and i'm better than my dad and and at least i show up but the reality of it is that we are wounded you know and right. there's a quote that you've said yourself they said oh you have to learn how to win wounded but right. that's only when you're aware of the wound just like you know um uh, as sammy said the triggers when you're not aware you know, you come, you wake up, you know, I grew up in a household that if you wasn't up at six brushing your teeth, we have 13 in an apartment of, of one bedroom, immigrants, my family's traveling, we're doing all this and all that. Did you brush your teeth? I mean, literally you leave the house, you already got smacked three times for doing nothing, but, right. but not finding a sock, but there was no structure. So right. it was, I, you had to literally learn how to navigate and not take these people off. Because your days would be, you know, the detriment of their day. And just by breathing the wrong way, you know, you might be, you know, having to deal with whatever th- they're going through. Right. So having to learn that, leave a home of survival, because it's literally survival of the fittest. You go out here and you're trying your best to, to have somebody understand you, but you can't understand yourself. Because you come from a home that you feel like, was I really loved? Was I really supported? You know, you come from a place where a child stays in a child's place. You don't talk. But, you know, the the, the I don't know. There's just an, an imbalance that culture doesn't, you know, take up for. And mm-hmm. we're resilient for knowing it. We're resilient for surviving it. But, you know, just like now, they're, they're talking about, oh, these me- mental and physical disorders need medication. You grow up finding people that are bipolar. And then we go to work and we have to deal with these people that are schizophrenic. They have OCD, you know, and right. we're all just having to deal with abuse. And we haven't really found the way to, to identify it, sit down with it, uh, understand it, accept that whatever was done to you wasn't your fault and learn how to navigate from a, a stable mental state. But right. we're constantly in, in, in fear of being rejected and, and having to prove our work. So we're defensive and, Anything could make us just as angry and irate as the people that we grew up with. Things yeah. turn you to drugs too. So now you need to be passive and you grew up with this and that's, you know, how you pass it down. I know a lot of men and women 
that are abused drugs, but no, they work, you know, they, right. they have a stable family. You wouldn't know, you know, the doctor recommended it, but it's all to sedate, you know, the beast has had to accept that they can't understand what parenting was or what their survival was. And even in spouses, we talk so much about relationships and I'm sorry to be long winded, but we mm -hmm. carry this into the relationship. And then, right. you know, we're supposed to understand that this person hasn't been honest with themselves or even with you. So, you know, you in a relationship, you say something foul mouth to a man that feels immaculate by that. Be quick to smack her or shake her up. And the same right. goes because women learn how to be sassy, how to get into the skin of a man when they feel, you know, that they don't have what it is that, that they, they feel they needed to show their family, whatever. Got you. So we continue to hurt each other by that. Because yeah, a lot of parents teach kids bad habits. And that's where you first learn from. You first learn from your parents. Like they learn mm -hmm. from them. And you pick up a lot of their bad habits along the way and don't even realize that, damn, sometimes I might say something that my mom or my dad might have said to me when I was younger or, mm -hmm. you know, something that my uncle had put in my head and instilled in my mind when I was younger. And then it yeah. come back later on in life. And it just like, you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot to deal with because a lot of people are damaged and not knowing that they're damaged. Mm -hmm. and it hurts the worst because I know what's going on with me. You know, right. and it took me a lot of years to figure that out because yeah. I was walking around lost yeah. for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm in, I'm in the same boat myself. I'm going to get to you in a minute, Stephanie. I'm in the same boat myself. Um, Two-parent household, but yet I still found my way becoming a wayward child. You know, especially when I was six, 15, 16, and 17, and then going into the service at 19, 18 and a half, and having an issue with everything. I had an issue with I had an issue with everything when I was a teenager, and I had an issue with everything as I entered my adulthood. And those men, those men in the military told me, they said, look here, man. I'm sorry that your mama and your dad didn't hug you enough, but get off your ass and get to work. I'm sorry if I delivered it to you. I'm sorry if I didn't tell you this in a nice professional way, but get this done, blah, 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 and quit looking at the workload that others have and focus on the workload that you had. And I, I was, I still was like stuck, like, but, 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 and I had to find a way to push through the behavior, find yeah, okay. a way to not be, not be mad about being mad. You know, there's a saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm, I say that to say that the people, cause you're talking about tough love, so to speak, right? Yeah. Is, is tough love without abuse okay? Yeah. yeah. Without physical, without physical abuse, because emotional abuse is a measurable thing, and that and that's an individual. I, I can say something to five people, and they take it five different ways. So I don't want to get into the emotional element. But without physical abuse, is tough love per se okay? 
it, it depends on what era. Thing. It depends on it's what era. That's line. what's wrong with people today. They didn't get tough love. Yeah, exactly. Look, look at your look at look at the generations that that are that's existing now. These people are about gimme, gimme, gimme. They're not about earning. They're not about trying to uh, set up something for themselves. They feel like they're privileged. They're entitled. You know, they're entitled to complain to you about what you ain't doing, what you're not doing for them, and they're not doing anything for themselves. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Because so, uh, you, this is a, we live in a tough, cold world. So you have yes. to. You have to prepare people to go into a world that's going to not really care about you. So you have to give that tough love. If you coddle too much, you are hurting your children. You, you understand? Okay, so if you say that, and I'm sorry, Paula, take this off the rails, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I, I apologize in advance. If you say that, then as that parent, right, where, as long as you, if you take the physical abuse element out of this, where is the line where you have imposed tough love and you have imposed trauma? Well, when your child feels that they want to commit suicide. When your child feels that you they can't run away and they don't have the support system that we wish we had. So we, we may not understand that our generation is different. We built different. We come from no technology. We come from from stuff that I'm still trying to figure out how we, we survive just surviving. And our kids and these generations are not built from that. So when we are that type of parent that is just invested in this discipline and consistency, sometimes in being cold is just as much as the punishment is striking a kid. And I had to learn that by going into psychology and psychiatry. I had to learn that by having a child that was one pound, nine ounces, and I had to go to neonatal and find out. And then I had to find out if this child was mentally ill, did I in my dysfunction have the capacity to sit at home and be this parent? Because I too was hyperactive. I was fixated on you know, what was instilled in me that I needed to create in order for me to be worthy. I wanted to be well-versed. Well I wanted to be knowledgeable and educated. I still wanted to be a parent that gave love, but I was strict because I didn't want my kid to think that I was too soft. But what, what, who defines that? I mean, even from, you know, the exactly. time when, you I know, and that's what I'm saying, the kids and you having a, a good dialogue of I what's happening the in their mind. Because and that's they might why I brought up the part that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So as long mm -hmm. as somebody knows that you genuinely love them, right, can tough love work then? Yeah, yeah. tough love, it can work. There's a balance. It can work. I had a daughter. I had a daughter who was messing up in school. And she, uh, so I put her on a punishment for a whole year. All I bought her was pads, panties, and bras. The rest of my kids were going with me doing this, and we were going about our daily routines, right? And she was like, oh, my God, a whole year? Oh, yes, because you're going to have a whole year to think about why you're on punishment for a whole year. Okay, so when she saw us come in and out of the house, with all kinds of nice things and going to nice places and she was home. She went to her dad and she said, could you please ask her to please stop this one year punishment? He said, I can't, cause you didn't listen. 
We talked to you. We told you what not to do, and you did it anyway. So now you're going to sit down. You're going to think about it. Well, that one whole year, it changed a lot in her because I didn't have any more problems with her in school. You know, and here's the thing. Different things work for different kids. You know, coming from the island, you know, you know, your, your Caribbean parents have one way of trying to do things, you know, but the, but we realize now what, you know, will, will affect one child, you know, that punishment won't work, won't work on the other kid, you know, so you have to kind of like know your kids and know what works for each individual kid, you know, and that's not something as Caribbean parents who they used to do it, you know, it's usually, listen, by hook or by crook, you're going to figure this out. You know, right. that's the kind of environment I was, de you know, how I grew, grew up in and right. saw how, you know, everybody disciplined their kid. You know, where I grew up, we get licks, you know, right. where I grew up at the time, you got licks in school. Now they have stopped, you know, but you were getting licked at school. The teachers can, you know, it's at school. So right. it was kind of the, the power dynamic, you know, was in the adults and the, the power was you fared your parents. You right. fear your parents, you fear other adults, you fear teachers, you know, and unfortunately, that's what has lost now because none of these kids fear nobody. That's but right. is it fear or respect? Both. Both. Oh, it's both. <laughs> okay. it's it both. both. See, because let me tell you something. If can you have one without the other, though? You can, but... When you're, when but, you're an adult and you, you don't, you're no longer over them as an authority figure where it's now, it's a respect factor. But once that's a child, that's, they need to fear you. You better, because okay. they, they'll try you. Like, I see, I used to work for, for Vision Quest for a juvenile facility. And when you hear half of these kids, like, you you talking about kids 12 13 14 year old kids talking about oh man well i don't listen to my mom if she tell me what to do i pop up side of here hey, oh do you put your hands on your mom right well, the whole idea is outrageous huh yeah well because that's mom. grounds for killing <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly, exactly. As because we come from a structure that doesn't see but, a good but relationship you know between men and women. We grew up in communities that had leaders that even if we didn't have a pops in the house, they pulled us aside and said, you know, this is how we treat the women in our community. I mean, I grew up with respect for the matriarch because it didn't matter where it came from. They showed what men do. They led, they, you know, provided, they, they made sure they provided security and they made sure that they knew that they were being there for whatever we needed but in the homes and outside in the world now we've lost that structure of you know respect and the lineage of how it goes children women seniors all that stuff that's not really instilled in these kids anymore because because people don't take the time see that's the thing we was taught i'd rather you fear me than fear me and hate me than go out here unprepared in this cruel world where people's going to use you worse than your family will. Right. If you see your child out there, child out there, I'm proud that I was raised with tough love because I, I see things differently. I know about consequences and repercussions. Like, if I do this, there's something that comes with that. A lot of these kids don't have that. 
But do you remember? Do you remember? Hold up, hold up. I understand the premise of tough love. I think we all do. But just because you have given your child some straightening with that tough love and they want they went ahead and finished school and they 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 have things on the wall that shows they can make great decisions or what have you, that's great. But there is still shock value behind that tough love. Oh yeah. Because, because yeah. chances oh, yeah, are because because remember, yeah. so because chances are you weren't tough from the start with your child. So when you do get tough with them, it's a shock. Like, oh, what what's going on? But that's why well, I've always been tough. I've trauma. always been tough. <laughs> I, but I want to say this. Do you remember when Oprah sat on the Senate in the 90s and she was telling, she was talking about child abuse mm -hmm. um, and how they, behind her pushing this child abuse law, that it took the authority away from the parents. Yes, it did. And the kids could go upstairs. You talk chastising them downstairs, and they go upstairs and call the police. My mother's downstairs, and she's doing this to me. Woo -woo. And then the, the police is there taking either you out of the house or the child out of the house. <laughs> you know this what I mean? True. And, and yeah. this was true. the You're beginning. Right. This was the beginning of the disrespecting parents. This was the beginning of shifting of, the, of the judicial system. The, just, the judicial system is now in your home telling you what you can't do. Yep. And you know what my mom said? My mom said to that, she's like, go ahead and call the police because you know what they're going to do? They're going to take you and put you in foster care. You ain't going to yes. have that. You ain't going to have this. You ain't going to have that. And you don't going to have the other. So you go ahead and do that. You I know? was taught, called child support or call child abuse in my house, your bags will be right by the door <laughs> waiting for them to come get you. Exactly. You cannot have, sure. a kid can't have that over their parents' head. They right. cannot. Okay. So this will go all the way back to the beginning of this question, Paul. I will right. ask this question. Is it possible to live a life without quote-unquote trauma? Hey, 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 everybody. We have ran short on time. So therefore, we must break this down into two segments. I'm just grateful for you listening and tuning in. Stay tuned for part two of the childhood trauma episode here on the 60 Minute Meal podcast. Peace.